33rd episode of Future Barn. Um, I'm very excited for today's episode. I think I say that every episode, but it's true. I love the opportunity to talk to folks from my community, folks I run into out in the world um, who are doing good work and just get to know them more, um, be it folks that I've known since childhood or uh, new friends. So and today's a good example of one of those new friends. Uh, today's episode is with Raphael Starr, who is um, in ministry and is uh, works at a local church here that my mom actually used to go to when she lived in town, East Main Street Christian Church. Um, and yeah, so we, uh, we explore the story and the history of Raphael's faith and his call to ministry. I... It's no secret that I'm an atheist, um, but I have an immense curiosity about life and um, and the choices people make and the things they believe in and the things they love and the things they care about. And so it was a pleasure and an honor to get to talk um, to Raphael about his story. Um, it's so much different than mine in a lot of ways, and you'll see that from the get-go. Um, in the conversation, but yeah, most importantly, it's just exciting to get to talk to someone who is so passionate and so thoughtful, um, in this community. So yeah, I'm going to quit rambling and I'm going to let you listen to this conversation between myself and, uh, the great Raphael Starr. The different pronouns of the Holy Spirit. So interesting. Yeah, it's... Um, I, I mean, was, we have it in Our Father Who Art in Heaven, right? Like that mm-hmm. immediate... Yeah. Like, that's one of the most famous things in Christianity, right? Right. The, the, the Father, the Son, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And um, it's real easy to say, well, it's... Uh, three male or the triune three male mm-hmm. personality um but 
what I found is a lot of the the, the father son is actually just a, it's kind of metaphorical. Yeah, yeah, um, and that therein lies the spirit. Um, where when I grew up, uh-huh. I always thought of the spirit as just some thing that floated around, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I- then you know you, you you look at the actual uh, doctrine of the Trinity, and it's the uh, the three persons. Yeah, the three as people. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so interesting. And I want to talk about that more because uh, I want to um, delve into all your spiritual work. Um, but Raphael Starr is here, and I want to just start by uh, Raphael. You know, this we know each other, but we don't know each other, and we know each other in certain contexts, and so this is exciting to get to know you in this way. But yeah, so we've been trying to do this, uh, me and Raphael Starr here, uh, since like the end of October since my art show, right? That's when right. we first talked. I said, hey, you want to come on the podcast when I saw you then? And then we've tried it a couple times, and then I was out of my mind for a little while. Oh. <laughs> and then you've been busy with stuff, and we made it work. And I think it's a great – I hope this will be a great testament to perseverance and <laughs> to, like, keeping with it and keep trying, you know? Absolutely. Um, so thank you for being here. Um yeah, so I've been thinking a lot about our conversation at my art show leading up to this. Actually, I don't even know if you remember because you you kind of asked me about my collages and um, and kind of like the meaning behind them and what they were trying to communicate. And then so, but then I think I threw you a curveball where I was like, I'm not worried about meaning. I'm worried about the expression of it. And so it was an interesting way of. And I think this will probably play into our spiritual talk as well of, of like, um, I think of it as expression versus communication. And with art, I'm not interested in communicating. If I want to communicate with you, I'm going to have a conversation with you. I'm going to write you a letter, that kind of thing. But if if I'm making art, I'm trying to express the inexpressible. Okay. And if, I'm, if I communicate well in art, that means I'm not expressing the inexpressible because inherently it's inexpressible. See what Got I'm it. saying? Yes, I do. Um, and so that's why I don't like clean art. I don't like I don't like finished art. I don't even like, <laughs> like I don't like to think of art. I think uh, like my poems are never finished; they're abandoned because I have to eventually quit and move on to another thing, right? Okay. Um, and so I think that, but um, yeah, so yeah. So I don't know. I was just think I was thinking about that conversation with you because you were the one of the most engaged people at that art show who asked me questions, and but then I felt like I let you down with my answer. So I wanted to, I wanted to uh, kind of retouch on that. Um, but yeah, what have you been up to? Oh man, you're in you're in uh, school. You're I'm back in school. In, yeah, do, getting um, seminary right. Mm-hmm. Is it practical theology? Was that what yeah. I saw? Yeah. I love that term, practical theology. Practical theology. What does pra- what does practical theology mean to you? Well, it's I'm already involved in ministry. Yeah, and the, the practical part of it is being able to apply this to what I'm already doing. Are you still the worship lead at uh, Main Street East Main Street? I am. Yeah, yeah. I'm an associate pastor there now, so I'm okay. actually preaching this Sunday, which. Okay. I have to write that sermon after this research. <laughs> <laughs> right. So practical. So you're already doing the work, but you're also doing, you're furthering your studies mm-hmm. with this practical theology. So what is, 
yeah, so what is practical theology versus like what we might think of just in general? Is it like a is it more like hands on? Is it more like ministry type work than like research or like study based or like academia? Yeah, uh, see, a theology degree is really based on academia. It's uh, doing all the different research and the papers and the teaching, yeah, at, like college level that kind of thing. This is more geared toward ministry with people who aren't theologians. Yeah. Um, which would be like the the church focus that I'm in right now, okay, that kind of thing. And it also works for people starting not not for profit organizations, that oh, kind of thing. Okay, with with like a religious or spiritual bent, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, um, and you're doing that through what? Is it through a uni- Is it an online university or is it in person? It's it's uh, online and in person. It's in Virginia, and I don't want to commute, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing the. the but online. it is cool, mm-hmm. awesome. Are you finding that? What's that experience like online? I I've never done online classes because both of my both my undergrad and my masters were like full time in person experiences. Mm-hmm. How do you find that experience? It's it's interesting uh, because in person, uh, my experience has been a, a professor up at the front, basically regurgitating what you've read. Yeah, and then maybe asking a question for someone to answer, and that person raises their hand, answers, speaks maybe. 20 words and that's it yeah 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 um well with this you're reading the stuff you're you're watching some uh lectures but instead of responding for 20 words you're responding for 350 to 400 words because you're responding in totality right yeah yeah to the whole lecture and reading and all that versus because it's not like live action right the lectures are recorded right yeah so yeah well some of them are some of them are, are are live okay um do you like that, or do you, would you prefer to be in person if everything, if you could choose, if not money and time and travel notwithstanding, if you could? I, I like the online. You like um, the online? Mainly because, well, if, if there was no time constraint or all the other things that I'm doing, I would, I think I'd like a half and half. Yeah. Well, I wonder if it helps too that since you're, you are already working in ministry mm-hmm. so you're getting that kind of hands-on person experience so where if you weren't maybe you would be hungry for that a little more that hunger for that in person because yeah i asked selfishly because i'm thinking about uh or i am going to go back to school in the next year or two for uh mental health counseling and that's one of the things like yeah i could do an online program but that feels like one of those ones where i want to be in person i want to be mm-hmm. like learning from my fellow therapist to be learning from the professor like in person how all the in-person things that you can't get from video and all that kind of opportunities yeah and you get that interaction too yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah so how are things going up at east main street um christian church that's where my mom used to go when she lives in town and then um that's actually how I met you. Actually, I don't know if you know, my first experience of you wasn't, it was actually a secondhand experience. Mm-hmm. Um, my ex-wife, Diana, when we were together, uh, came to visit and without me for some reason and was and was with my mom and went to church with my mom and, and you were leading worship. Mm-hmm. And she said, she said, well, um, I did not expect because of this town's history, did not expect to see a black man leading worship in a church here, right? Mm-hmm. And was, she was very excited about that. We were very enthusiastic about that. 
and about what that symbolized but then also she's like she spoke of your your intensity up there and said that she said the best memory was everyone was being really shy Mm -hmm. and you stood up on the edge of the stage and yelled sing (laughs) (laughs) i don't remember that (laughs) and you thought of just with the context of this town and the town's history of this like very like jovial black man yelling at a group of old white women (laughs) sing and in the name of god i was like this is my oh i wish i would have been there that was that was just that image that could that could be the opening of like your sitcom (laughs) right my sitcom yeah (laughs) that could be where um so did you move you're not from elwood i'm I'm not no uh and did you move to elwood for east main street no actually i um how did you wind up here i met my wife online Mm. And she lived here. Okay. Um, and uh, when we when it got time for us to decide where we're going to live once we got married, where were you? I was in Marion. Okay, so not far. Not far. Um, when we started talking about where we'd live, I mean, my wife had you know the, my stepson. Yeah. And you know how when kids are already involved in school, it's hard yes, to move them away. Of course. And, and plus. Uh, my wife's parents lived, you know, six blocks from us. Okay. So we ended up uh, moving here, and I was apprehensive at first because my, my late wife and uh, Marion would always say, you know, make sure you don't stop in Elwood. Yeah, of course. And this was back, you know, 12, 13 years ago. Yeah. And I, I came here, and I thought, this actually isn't too bad. Sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so you had here. some yeah. preconceived notions, though, about... What Elwood about that? You knew the history, and you knew the, um, you knew the possibilities of you know. But yeah. but yeah. So I'm just curious to, if you don't mind talking about that for a second. Uh, yeah. So you so you move here with with that kind of in the back of your mind, right? You're mm-hmm. like I know. Uh, but but then you yeah. So then how how was the reception? You said it was. It seemed like you've been treated well here. Yeah, it's been it's been very good. Um, th- we run into a couple different things, and of course, um, ignorance and mm-hmm. and you hear about a couple things, but uh, you know that's that stuff's kind of everywhere. Yeah, and it it seems here to me. I hope it seems to be more and more peripheral, more and more pushed to the like, more and more seen as like not. It's not the dominant culture. Right. It's the it, it's like an unfortunate like tag still hanging on from mm-hmm. the from the past right right um it's like a skin tag <laughs> <laughs> oh those are annoying <laughs> uh, right it's like that where and you're just like i gotta go get that zapped out. <laughs> like we gotta figure out how to zap this out um well i'm glad that you had that experience i wonder it too if yeah and so how in your and so then you take this role with that church and i wonder what that experience has been like for you as well in that regard uh was 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 that welcoming yeah um as far as i know there hasn't been a black pastor in elwood i don't i can't yeah ever not that i can think of and not that i can imagine and then when it when it came up that uh, i honestly can't think of a of a black person in a leadership role of a community like a teacher i never had i went to school i mean i went to school here we had I can't think of a 
black teacher or a coach or an administrator hmm. and certainly not in the government i so so it is significant in that regard um i never thought about that yeah and so kudos to you and that's why also i want to talk about it because i just think and it's not your responsibility to to teach us about blackness or to 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 wake us up a little bit but it it is we do appreciate people like me do appreciate it because it adds something to the community and it it challenges people um like in your congregation when you're on the edge saying sing (laughs) you know it challenges them to be like oh yeah this is a this is no different than if pastor roger was up there yelling sing right like Mm -hmm. this is a this is the person that has has chosen to be here um as a conduit in some ways to god so um yeah so but yeah i wonder that experience i mean i just incredible it's incredibly brave man (laughs) it is but I guess it sounds like you didn't. Th- you ha- maybe I'm making you think about it more than you want to. Uh, yeah, you kind of are because when, I apologize. But when uh, when the topic of me becoming a social pastor came up, I mean, nothing like that ever crossed my mind or came up in conversation. It was just like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, uh, do it. And, so. But so with the leadership team there, y'all didn't have any conversations about like making sure you're comfortable, making sure, yeah. No, I think that everybody just understood the comfortability that was... That it was already there? Yeah. Well, good. Um, that's great, and we're happy to have you here. Um, and from all I hear, you're doing great work there. Um, so what's your, what's your kind of... What tradition have you... Do you kind of come out of? Um, or what was... Yeah, tell me about, like, growing... Did you grow up religious? Did you grow up a Christian? Did you grow up... Well... <laughs> I'm just curious, how do we get... I'm, I'm really interested in, like, how did we get to where we are now? That's what I'm like. Okay. And then where are we going? I'm, that's what I'm interested in. Well, uh, growing up, I, my family went to church. Okay. Um, but the, the churches that we went to were very, very strict, or what we call legalist. Um, legalist? I'm not familiar with that term. Legalism... Is that like, is that like fundamentalism? Uh, kind of. It's, it's like, okay, say that the line is drawn here. And that's where sin is. Yeah. If you're here, you can't go toward that line. So uh, maybe it's a, it's a sin to... Uh, drunkenness is a sin. Sure. So therefore, you should never touch alcohol. Touch is sin. At all. Yeah. Even though Jesus turned water into wine. Yeah. <laughs> um, things like that. Yeah. And, you know, if you don't do this, if you, if you sin, you're going straight to hell. That's it. Yes. Um, so don't even step close to the line. Like it, like it's really the line casts a large shadow, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it's that. Okay, so it is like some fundamental. So you grew up in that mm-hmm. kind of, um, but I'm guessing that's not your current theology. No, no. Uh, in fact, that that theology, uh, the legalism, kind of pushed me away, and I didn't even try. Okay, uh, <laughs> because yeah. I figured. That's not possible. I mean, there's no way I could do that, so yeah. know, whatever. And uh, also, like, the rebellious kid in me, you know, I a lot of, you know, the religion around here is more tied to that literalism or fundamentalism or what you call legalism. And I kind of had that experience, too. So I, I actually am an atheist. I When I was 14, I had a big revelation, and I've kind of ran with it since. But I'm very interested in spirituality, very tied to Christianity. Um, 
But yeah, that was the big one for me where I was just like, whoa, like the, yeah, it's, it felt, it didn't feel like a, like a higher, you mentioned earlier before we started recording of like God as a force Mm -hmm. and it, it didn't feel like part of the force or it was part of the energy that felt like people telling me what to do. Oh yeah. You know, that legalism, that literalism, that fundamentalism for me, sometimes felt, that's what it felt like, and that's what pushed me away. So it sounds like you kind of had a similar mm-hmm. experience where you're like you're off put by that. Yeah, I was, especially when it came to college and everything. I uh, I actually went to the Baptist Student Union every Friday. Okay, but it was because they had free food. <laughs> Where'd you go to school? I went to University of Louisville. In oh, Kentucky. nice. Yeah, wonderful school, wonderful town. Yeah, it, it was. Um, um, yeah, but not a, but a but a secular state school, not mm-hmm. a. Um, so it, yeah, and so then, yeah. So I keep interrupting. Tell me more about yeah, how your your theology has developed over time. Well, um, something really after college, something pretty bad happened in my life, mm-hmm. where my friends actually came in from had three close friends came in from out of town. I was actually living in uh, Marion at the time. Okay. Uh, they came in and... Uh, no, 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 no. Before that. I'm getting my dates no, mixed you're up okay. <laughs> yeah, in, in Louisville. They came from Ohio and Lexington and I forget where else um, to kind of support me through that. And one of the things that my friend from Ohio said was, um, why don't we come to church? Why don't you come to church with me? Okay. There's a church that I went to or something like that. And I was like, okay, fine, whatever. I'll go. You know, what, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Um, and interesting, the, uh, the church in, in Louisville, it's this kind of church that was in, a, in this elementary or middle school building. Mm-hmm. And the, the way they did church was going through the scripture verse by verse through an entire chapter at a time. Okay. So like week first, by week? So mm-hmm. yeah, so they're just slowly breaking down the chapters. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's from there that I realized that the, the things that I thought about uh, the faith and Christianity was was not what I actually what was actually written. Yeah, um, and the the pastor started with Romans one one, and it was it's significant because it's the beginning of this chapter, and that's the very first time that I realized that Romans was. Not actually written from written by Romans, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was written to the church in Rome. So, um, yeah, uh, and you know, each each week, you know, the first the first couple chapters of Romans is just like, okay, this is sin, uh, this is what's happened to people, and it's gone the spiral. And I just looked at that and I said, okay, that's me. Why do I need to come here? I already know that I'm horrible, right? Um, and then, but the, the the pastor kept saying, well, but wait, there's good news. I said, okay. Uh, so I kept coming. Yeah. It was about, that That was in January-ish, but and then around March, we got to uh, Romans 3, 21, 22, and 23, where it talked about there's now a way apart from the law uh-huh. to be saved, no matter who you are, what you've done. Yeah. Um, and, and that right there just really spoke to me, and I wanted to know more. Yeah. And I... I, uh, that's when I accepted uh, Jesus as my Savior and went to their new believers class and they started talking about all the stuff 
how the Old Testament relates to the New Testament. Not that we practice all the stuff in the Old Testament per se, because you know all the rituals and the yeah, and it's yeah, the it's bloody, a very complicated and, history yeah. in that. Yeah, we can talk about that for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting how crisis or trauma, uh, you know, when we're responding to that and we're in these like scary moments and um, we reach out for something bigger than ourselves, right? We mm-hmm. reach out for something older than ourselves and yeah. more grounded than ourselves. And a lot, for a lot of people it is, in this country, and especially in this area, it is Christianity. Um, and yeah, you know, I just think about how like, you know, like so much of uh, quitting addiction is related to, you know, like the AAs, you know, has a clear spiritual bent to mm-hmm. it, you know? A lot of programs like that as well. Um, is really important you know a lot of people in college when they're away from home for the first time fi- gravitate toward bible studies and gra- you know because i think there is something in that that deep rich historical text that is illuminating for people mm-hmm. for sure um so well that's that's great and then so then that i honestly Raphael, i have no idea how old you are you could be 28 you could be 50 i have no idea let's go with 28 Okay, I but so but I was just thinking contextually for the story, like of you were so that was in co- or towards the end of college or mm-hmm. after college, and so that was was that ten years ago? Was that fifteen years ago? I'm just wondering oh. now to this place where Raphael talking to me while he's in uh, seminary. That was probably. Let's see. Fifteen years ago. Okay, so so you're like you're starting to tip towards that where I, I'm always interested in this of like um, when you spent your first, so you're almost to where half of your life is as a believer as a believer as saved right you're getting close to it because well, if that was in your early twenties then. Uh-huh. You're getting close. In yeah. ten, five, ten more years, you'll be there. Yeah. You'll be half your... And so that's always interesting. So you've spent a good deal amount of time. How is your... From that first initial like, oh, this is something for me, to now, what... Talk us through like kind of how your theology has evolved and changed. Because now, I mean, that was from... You just walked... Your friends kind of made you go. And then now you're choosing to get a seminary degree. <laughs> and, <laughs> and And you wake up every day and and choose to be an associate pastor. So what, how do we get there? Well, what's, what's very interesting is how you know, historical events kind of repeat themselves mm-hmm. in, in our lives. And um, I, <laughs> I met my late wife, Jana, mm-hmm. um, and that's why I moved to Marion, actually. Okay. Um, and during our talking, she was saying around March, yeah, she felt this. I mean, she had she'd been looking for uh, a mate, looking for a husband for a while, and she just gave up. She's like, "Okay, I'm just gonna be me, yeah, be, be content being single for a while, yeah." And then That's where I'm at right now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then uh, then sometime in March of that, you know, that same March, yeah, she got this. Okay, you're ready. She said, "What? I'm ready for what?" And then we, we met on online, and yeah. um, then we, we got married, and then two weeks later, she passed away. Oh, Raphael. I had no clue. Yeah. 
Wow. So from from passing from from the time that I accepted Christ to that time, okay, I thought this was a dark time in my life. You yeah. Know, back way back then. And you but thought then, you had found some answers. Mm-hmm. And then life come crumbling down again, but it didn't. Because oh, your foundation was more solid. Right. Yeah. Um, so where before I would, uh, my first event, I would just retreat and, you know, that's why my friends came to my rescue because I just, I didn't want to yeah. do anything. Yes. Well, that first Sunday after she passed away, I was back in church and people were surprised. Yeah. They're saying, we didn't expect you to be back so soon. And I, the first thing I thought was, where else would I be? Yeah. You mean sitting alone? open mm-hmm. yeah and so that well, that trans that transformation kind of happened and i didn't really realize that it happened yeah until until that pointed out and then she had um we had two different memorial services and i spoke at both of them okay and people said you know we found strength in what you said today mm, wow and i said i was just talking i mean it's, it's not something where i thought you know i'm this great motivational speaker or sure uh but the fact that i could affect different people just by living my life. Yeah. Um, That's amazing, man. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Wow. Two weeks. I can't... Yeah. Sorry, I'm just... It's taking me a second to even process. Um, uh, yeah, but so... But out of that tragedy, you... You kind of find this gift that you have of speaking, and um, and yeah, it seems like all that too. Like your friends coming, and you know the people in church after, and the memorial services. It seems like a big part of it too is the community aspect of it, mm-hmm. right? You seem to really like crave and love and foster community. Community is important. And I think that's one of the greatest, regardless of my beliefs about the existence of God, I think one of the greatest gifts of the church and one of the greatest possibilities that that I want to see continue to be used in positive ways is the community aspect of church, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, You know, I think of my late Uncle Ted, Ted Tyner, who was at the church, uh, who went to your church. Um, And that was just, that was the highlight of his week every week was talking to people and you know doing helping with stuff and that was that you know or my aunt cindy singing in the choir like those are the those are things that for whatever reason secular society has a hard time creating Mm -hmm. in that way um and so um i always i always think that's great um well yeah um so yeah so then you kind of discover this and then um this passion for speaking and community and so how so then how do you how do you wind up um the worship lead at at some church in Elwood? well at that church in louisville uh-huh. um i at first i had no i no um no desire to be up front yeah of anything yeah but the, the the music group there, the worship team there, employed like uh, cellos and violins. Oh wow! And, and I'm a clarinet player. Oh, so I didn't I, know that. You grew up playing? Did you play in like band and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did band, marching band, all that orchestra. Cool. In high school. So then you see this 
it's not just like somebody on a piano. Mm-hmm. It's like this whole thing. I said, ooh, I can do that. And I auditioned and they said, oh, clarinet, come on. So I started playing there. Now, once I moved to, um, moved to Indiana, uh-huh. I was looking for that same opportunity. So I started playing clarinet and oboe in the, in the band here at uh, East Main Street Christian Church. Yeah. The worship leader at the time uh, was then moving to New England. She got a job up there and she, for some reason, looked at me and said, you could be a good worship leader. I'm like, I can't sing and play this thing at the <laughs> same time. Raphael's holding a clarinet. <laughs> or like pretending he's holding a clarinet. It's like yeah. air clarinet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. That's amazing. Yeah, but but you, you felt, there's another, you just kind of natural, organic roll into that, right? Kind of like with the, where people are like, you just felt moved to speak at your ex-wife's memorial, and the, or not ex-wife, sorry, your uh, late wife's memorial, and so then, and so then someone was like, oh, you did it, you do a great job at that, and so someone else just sees you up there with your clarinet, and like, they see something in you. Yeah, and a worship leader, you're not usually playing clarinet, and you're usually singing. Yeah. If you're playing clarinet. Did you grow up singing? No. Mm. I, I sang in a, a fraternity uh, barbershop quartet kind of choir. Um, well, that was your first kind of singing experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, so that's not really leading anything. That's kind of yeah. singing baritone. You're the part that's not yeah. really heard. And um, did you? But you always had kind of a natural, decent singing voice? I don't know. Did you kind of know that? Like, well, people I've known from a very early age, this voice that's yapping on this podcast is not a good singing voice. <laughs> it's hard to change into a good one. So, um, but you have that nice voice, so that often can translate well to singing. I, I never really thought of that. Yeah. Honestly, as uh, I was uh, kind of put in that position to lead, so I did the best I could. And I, Beautiful. I learned how to play guitar because of that. Amazing. Um, yeah, that's where I, I bought my guitar after that happened, okay. and that's all I've played it for. Um, wow. And then, you know, piano I learned some in college, and I was able to translate that to doing yeah. what I do now. Yeah, the music aspect and the singing together, the kind of communal singing mm-hmm. of church, is something that we, that's another thing that I'm talking about that we don't have in, like, society as a, lar- as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um and that I think is really important, and I think it's something that a lot of us miss out on, um, is that kind of group singing. But I, but I don't know why I think that. I don't. What What do you think is the importance of singing together in that way? Even maybe even regardless of the of the religious aspect of it, but or the worship. But maybe maybe you can't untie that. But just in general, the importance of there's something very important about singing together. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in a church setting and a worship setting, but just in general, it's uh, I like it because you're you're kind of uniting as a group and speaking the same language, literally the same language, the yeah. same words, and and that the emotion that that evokes when you add the words to you know the melody and the chords and the rhythm and everything else, it just really heightens whatever those words are saying. Uh huh. Um, and when you have a group of people that that do that, and, you know, particularly in a church, you know, it's reaffirming different uh, faith, reaffirming the community, reaffirming just 
the the boldness to sing because you know some people say you know this isn't made for singing but they yeah. sing anyway well in church i'm like i belt it out because yeah. i'm among the you know my voice blends in with the crowd uh-huh. you know it can blend in but um and it feels like the but yeah i'm never going to stand up in front of i mean i guess i would because i don't care but like stand up in front of people and sing and do karaoke and that kind of stuff i do that but like to take it to take it seriously and to take it in a, from a spiritual aspect it's yeah it's just the way it kind of the community aspect of it engulfs you right mm-hmm. um yeah especially hymns yeah if you look at these hymns I love and you hymns. think of how many people through all these years have sang that same yeah. hymn yeah well i'm a big country music fan and so and obviously the history of country music is well rooted in gospel music mm-hmm. and People laugh at me by how, how much gospel. They're like, "I thought you were an atheist. Why are you listening to all this gospel music?" I'm like, "Dude, it's about the feel. Like, it's a, like there's nothing. Re- yeah, and the, the time honored tradition of it, the the kind of big scope of it, the uh, the the thing I love. My favorite parts of religion too are the are the mysteries, are the mm-hmm. are the kind of the wonderment of of creation. Like it's an it's an incredibly when you think about it, we're so small and like you and I and this whole big old space and and especially the more we learn about how big the universe actually is mm-hmm. and the universe is actually are um, is incredible. Um, and so the chance to kind of speak out from that is is incredible. Um, yeah, uh, you mentioned earlier you said you said the word good news. You said the words good news, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when talking about Romans and the pastor said, well, there's good news coming, which is interesting, right? Because the gospel gospel means good news, good news right. right? And I have always think that that was very interesting. Um, so what was the good news for you kind of there with, with Jesus as you kind of, and maybe we've already talked about it enough, but I'm just interested in kind of, uh, what is the good news that you're trying to spread now that we're here, right? You've went through this, tra- these tragedies. You've, you've kind of uh, reconciled them through your faith and through your work, and then um, now you're trying to pass that back on to someone else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what does that good What does that good news look like for you in 2021? Well, it's you know how you say uh, you paint an art. And that art can express it's so much more than just words do. Trying to communicate, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the the communication, or, the, or what I what I intend to, I guess, spread in the in the good news in twenty twenty one is, it doesn't matter what. Okay, not that not that it doesn't matter, but whatever situation that we're in, yeah, we can find joy in in our salvation and in, and in Christ. Yeah. If, you know, and I, I like sharing my story because yeah. people can relate to that. Yeah. Or if they don't, sometime they will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and to know that, you know, you can bounce back from anything because you're not in it, in it alone. You're, sure. You not only have the, the help and the counseling of the Holy Spirit, you not only have the salvation of Christ, but you also have the community, the, the church, that yeah. should all bond together and band together for that same purpose and sing. Yeah. You know, stand up in front of everybody and say, sing, sing! Get together. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, because we are in this, 
you know, we have to be careful with the way we think about like, you know, there's this push, there's a reactionary push of like things are worse now than they've ever been, which is absolutely not true. Um, right? Like, for instance, um, slavery. <laughs> we don't have to write. Yeah, right? Like, uh, for instance, right? Those kind of, those, it, it looks bad because we see it so much, right? Mm-hmm. On the news and on Facebook and things look bad. But we have made a lot of progress. Medicine, for instance, mm-hmm. has made a lot of progress. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, so as medicine is progress, social issues are ho- hopefully progressing. We have some hiccups every once in a while. But things, sit, undoubtedly, though not perfect, are progressing. Um, what do you think of the state of Christianity today? State of Christianity. Uh, take that however you... <laughs> well, um... I know I'm asking some big questions. Sorry. Yeah, that, that's a big question because, you know, from, from the inside... Yeah. Um... From a pastoral standpoint, I see what the world is reacting to. Uh, where uh, a senior pastor talked yesterday, where um, being a Christian was usually respectable, or being a pastor was usually one of like the number one trusted position yeah. to be in. Yeah. But now it's not the case because of whatever reason, from all the misconceptions that people have about Christianity. Yeah. Um, like a lot of people will quote, well, you're Christian, so you believe this and this, this, and, you know, go to Leviticus something, something. And it's like, no, that's 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 just that, an obscure passage you're pulling out. Yeah, yeah. That, that doesn't mean, or yeah. uh, since you're Christian, that means that it's okay to sell off your daughter like they did in the Bible. You know, they did that. Well, I, so yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. That's, that's not what, that's, it's like history. Yeah. Just because slavery happened yeah. and it's in a history book doesn't mean that, we support slavery. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh-huh. And uh, so you you kind of do approach the Bible. It sounds like you approach the Bible as a historical text in a lot of ways. There's uh, well, the Bible has a lot of different types of literature. Some of it is history. Some of yeah. it's narrative. Some of it's allegory. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, and then you have the, the gospel and yeah. Um, and then what you call eschatology, the study of end times and mm-hmm. all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there, there's so many different things in the Bible. Yes, the, the, a lot of things that people are quoting is history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing wrong with history. I mean, it's yeah. happened. It's part of our history. and it, it, It's real. It's there. But, yeah. Um, well, my concern, especially around here, is that a lot of it is taken so, like you were mentioning there, literally and so, um, it seems so removed from the good news from the joy of this spiritual experience and these and the spiritual possibilities and the awakenings and all that it it's become this sort of like tagline where like um and it's been co like christianity has been co-opted for political purposes mm-hmm. has been co-opted for um has been co-opted for, for humans to control other humans mm-hmm. um and it just seems so removed from God um, in whatever sense we're taking that. And because I had an interesting conversation with some a loved one who who's a lifelong Christian and who like and we don't have to talk about po- again. I don't want to co-opt this conversation for politics, but was having a hard time reconciling like 
the Trump world Christianity with like oh those are Christians but I don't see myself in that Mm -hmm. so how am I you know like so she was kind of having like a crisis of faith because of the way Christianity was being portrayed by people she didn't agree with and didn't have a lot of respect for Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think and I so again it's like um, it's like that it's yeah it, it gets instead of like an experience in a in a movement it's like it just feels kind of like a tagline and kind of like like a t-shirt you put on when mm-hmm. you want to tell people how you that you're a good person you know versus yeah. enacting that right you know um and so i just yeah and so that's really interesting and so as someone in the thralls of the active christian experience mm-hmm. um what do you think is is singing part of it is the word is the is that gathering part of it absolutely to, and to put it in action mm-hmm. versus just and to kind of start clarifying some of those like like no the bible's a lot of things or you know or uh yeah we don't do things <laughs> strictly like we like uh based on everything like that you know um mm-hmm. or we don't use this to control other people right we use this to connect with other people right um, it's really the direction of the faith. I mean, you can look at um, different people not following or having that crisis uh-huh. um, because certain people who claim to be Christian aren't acting correctly. Well, are we following people? Yes. Or are we following God yeah. and Jesus and his leading? Yeah. And then also with that, is our direction going to him or is it going down or around? Now, I, I agree that it should, go, it should go down and it should go around, but not in the ways that a lot of the, the politic takeovers is yeah. doing it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, Christian, uh, it's relationship, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not religion is what people have a trouble with. It's, yeah. It's, it's religion. but. Yeah. When you do it right, when you understand it, it's not religion at all. Yeah, that's that's beautiful, and I love that. It's the relationship, mm-hmm. right? I love that. Yeah, um, and that's where. So now, as I kind of now, I went through my angry, angry atheist phase, right, in college, mm-hmm. and I read all those guys, and and then, but in my early thirties, now I'm I've uh, really interested in spirituality really interested in the universe really interested in creation however you want to call that uh uh so i and my practice is meditation it's poetry mm-hmm. is conversation like mm-hmm. this um and i'm an infinitely curious person so i'm i've i've had friends from all religions i've went to various different sort of um places of worship all that i love that i just think it's very fascinating the way we choose the things we lean on when we're having a hard time mm-hmm. and the the thing because yeah your values and my values are very similar but we're we're leaning on very on different things but it all yeah kind of like you're saying it's all about these relationships it's, it's not about religion it's about this bigger thing that's beautiful um yeah and then which also one of the things another thing that i love about <laughs> religion and christianity <laughs> that uh, does, has a hard time fitting in to other parts of life is is prayer. 
Mm-hmm. What is important to prayer to you? It's it's connection. It's it's communication. It's that relationship, right? Yeah. It goes back to that, I guess. Yeah. Let's just imagine you have. Uh, let's just say you have a best friend. Mm-hmm. You hang out all the time, but never say anything to either uh, to either one of not yeah. Neither one of you talk to each other. Right. Don't say right. a single word. Yeah, yeah. You just kind of go. You're sitting in the car, both looking forward and everything. That's not a relationship. You don't learn from each other there. You don't. You don't lift each other up doing that. Mm. You just kind of exist. Yeah. And without prayer, that's what you're kind of doing is just that's beautiful existing. Yeah. Um, do, Christianity, in the way other faiths like Islam, for instance, has very like rigid prayer or mm-hmm. kind of type uh, situations, right? Um, and but. Especially modern Christianity doesn't seem to everyone kind of is kind of wading through their own kind of prayer practice, right? Mm-hmm. Is, do you have a particular prayer practice? If you don't mind me asking, um, or is it again like is it a feeling like when when you're hanging out with God, that's your time to, or when you have a moment in need, that's your time, or is it? Do you have a regular practice? It's it's a regular practice. Um, prayer, um, pray continuously. That's my. Oh wow! It's you know I'm. On my way here, you know, it's not something tragic, yeah. or I'm, or, or I'm uh, waking up in the morning, or my uh, my wife is struggling with health, or yeah. um, I'm just going to study and start doing my research paper. Yeah. You know, it's uh, constant connection, constant communication. Yeah. It's like it's my best friend. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what uh, speed dial? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, that's that again that goes back to that embodiment of it like the Mm -hmm. in the as practice like faith is practice not as like a label right right um that's that's great um well uh i i want to talk about acting stuff now we've been yapping for almost an hour now um it goes quick um yeah Time flies around fun, but I want to talk. I want to talk about that because you, you're also entering this kind of. You've been doing some acting, and I want to yeah. talk about that. Okay. Um, but I think the la- last thing about the religious stuff. Uh, uh, do you have a favorite Jesus story? Favorite Jesus story. I love Jesus, and f- again, this is another weird thing. I just don't judge atheists. I love Jesus. Um, I just think it's fascinating. I I keep having. I keep sometimes when I'm alone and I just have this thought in my head and it makes me giggle infinitely is if Jesus mixed up his miracles and he turned the water into wine and then walked on it and so it's just Jesus <laughs> it's just Jesus walking on wine and it, it infinitely makes me very happy um and he's just like oh dang <laughs> I, messed up. Like, I mixed my miracles um uh, it was just really, or like he he mixes it up where he doesn't walk on it. He just turns it into wine and tries to walk on it, but because it's wine now, he sinks in it, and it's just Jesus like waist deep in wine. Uh, that's just uh, infinitely funny to me. But uh, but that's not an actual Jesus story. That's me being silly. Um, is there? Yeah, or it could be it could be one of the old hats, but it could be. Uh, there's some. I always will learn new ones sometimes when people are talking. I'm like, oh, that one's really interesting. Um, I guess my favorite one would be um, he and Lazarus. You know, Lazarus was a good good friend of his. Yeah. 
And when, when Lazarus passed away, you know, Jesus was so moved that he wept. I mean, you know, that's where the shortest verse in the Bible is. Jesus, Jesus wept. wept. Yeah. Comes from. That struck me because, um, you know, you think this is the almighty God in human yeah. flesh, you know, yeah. over emotions. and that. No, he's not. He's yeah. vulnerable. Yeah. And, which means that I can be vulnerable. Yeah. Um, that's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it were, it just, I, I think we forget sometimes the human aspect of, of the Jesus story, mm-hmm. right? Of the, of the relationships, not on a he's up in heaven relationship, but on a he's right there next to you mm-hmm. doing stuff, feeding you or washing your feet or being there with you. Um, and how, Je- and I, my favorite thing is how he hung out with the heathens too. Uh-huh. I mean, he was just like hanging out with like 12 dudes walking around, <laughs> like, you know, they're just his, his little posse. Right, mm-hmm. um, or hanging out with um, people who have been ostracized from society, and I think we forget about that. You know, the, Jesus's call for the poor and for outcasts and all that is just like, yeah, that is. Uh, it was like the other day someone tried to. He was very off base, but he tried to tell me Jesus was a cap. We need a society. We need an economy like Jesus would want. A cap like I was like capitalism. He's like, yeah, Jesus was a capitalist. I was like, I'm pretty sure Jesus uh. was not a capitalist. Um, I'm not a political oh. science major, but he was not. Wow. I'm not an economist, but he was. Jesus was not a capitalist. So I was like, I think you need to go reread that. <laughs> you need. Um, so the human aspect of Jesus is, I think we get caught up in the the God part of Jesus, but he was also a person who walked around in mm-hmm. the story, right? And so. Um, yeah, and so he wept mm-hmm. when his friend died. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. Well, water break. Um, <laughs> all right, so yeah, and so kind of around that same time, that's when my ex-wife Diana uh, met you because she was in town and uh, was doing a theater project for her seminary degree because she was also a theater artist, and so talked to you about your experience on To Kill a Mockingbird. Yes. Um so and that was your you never really acted or anything like that right never acted before so um i but obviously a very important intersection for you as a performer you know uh as a worship leader but also for this community and that story to kill a mockingbird right Mm -hmm. um and to and to see a black man up on stage like that in in a town like this is really important um, so what was that experience like for you? That was two years ago now? That was two years ago, yes. Yeah. Oh, that was that was really fun. Now, part of the reason I have avoided doing any kind of theater is uh, a lot of times in a the script, there are things that I wouldn't want to do. You know, I'm a married man. Yeah. I don't want to have yeah. a theater kiss or anything. Yeah, yeah, okay. And I tend to stay away from certain language. Sure. And a lot of times, this, oh, you're this character, which means you have to say this. Okay, I'm out. I yeah, 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 that. yeah. Uh, and with Attic Theater, you know, doing this To Kill a Mockingbird, there's a lot of the N-word yep. in there. And a, yep. lot of, a lot of hatred and everything. Well... Uh, when I was recruited, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I, I was because I had no interest, and then yeah. someone tagged me in a post, and yeah, and then the the director came to my house and talked to me about his vision about but it. But doesn't and, this seem like uh, a theme in your life? 
people seeing something in you and approaching you like you should try this. It it is. It says something about you, man, because you're you're a good you're a good dude. Well, I am, I almost you. said some <laughs> bad language. I almost said you're a good effing dude. <laughs> but um, but because that's because I'm a heathen. But um, but but yeah. So so anyways, that's great. They they saw something and they and they approached you about that. Um, yeah. And it's the Attic Theater, which is... Is that Elwood-based? It's... Anderson? Noblesville-based. Okay. But they do a lot of... They've done several things. They've done some things. Several things now. Are they... Now, I'm I'm still figuring out some of this. The Duck Creek Center for the Arts. Okay. Is that related to the Attic Theater? We're kind of cousin Cousins. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, the Duck Creek is strictly Elwood. Okay. That's what I thought. Um, so yeah, so anyway, it's To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, my folks went and mm-hmm. loved it, and uh, it was like what three nights that were sold out up at the Blue Room Opera House. Oh, uh, we did Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday. I think yeah, it was four, four, three days, four Sunday, shows yeah. or yeah. five. Yeah. Um, what was that? Yeah, what was that? As as your first experience, what was that like? Terrifying? <laughs> In a way, yeah, because uh, my, thankfully, my character only came in in the very last scene of, of um, Act 1. Okay. And then the first scene of Act 2. So I had all this time to prepare. You hear all these the people talking about my character. Yeah, yeah. And they don't even see me till the, the second act because I'm kind of behind this wall, yeah. the jail wall. Um, and so I, I found a practice that you know, I kind of got into the head of Tom Robinson, you know. Yeah. What would he be thinking right now? And I actually built myself a little jail backstage. Me- method acting. That's uh, uh, not what they call it. That's know. what they call it, <laughs> method acting. Um, did you, now did you go home and, were you Tom, <laughs> were you him even when you went home? Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to live this for two weeks. No, no, no. I didn't, I didn't do that. You but. didn't build like a jail around your bed or something. <laughs> like <just laughs> that's an idea though I don't know if it's a good one but that's an idea <laughs> uh, but yeah but anyways so you have you have uh, yeah you did it and so yeah so you were sitting there back there in your jail waiting to come on mm-hmm. well what I've dis- discovered in that though is I could relate to the bad parts of my life while I was on mm. stage on trial mm-hmm and just really focus on that. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I got most out of it was the, the trust. I mean, I, I heard in theater you have to trust your... Yeah. And I didn't understand to that extent. I mean, I had one guy just yelling at me and then after, you know, cut, okay, how can I pray for you? You know, and just genuinely cared for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. But then he just flipped the switch and turned it on and he just hated me, you know? Just, right. Um, just, just seeing that, it was like, oh, this is pretty cool and that that company uh, yeah. I've been in several places since then yeah with them it's not something I thought I'd ever do but with that group of people it's kind of like the singing we're all one particular purpose trying to get one specific message out mm-hmm. and the the ideals of attic theater are you know of excellence but first and foremost to uh, to glorify God okay so it's a it's a, a Christian based mm-hmm uh, company cool yeah um yeah and so you've done 
you've done several things with them. Uh, somehow, I've missed them all. And I realize that it gets a combo of COVID and bad timing with my own mental health. So, because when I when I struggle, I struggle hard, and mm-hmm. I can't really go to like a play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also realized it was partly because when my ex wife left, she was she was my I know theater because of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so while I was grieving the loss of her, I. I couldn't be in that space of hers. Yeah, that makes you know sense. what I mean? Yeah. Um, even though that she had no connection to that particular company, but it was just I so I realized but I also realized I think I just miss the memo sometimes on when they're happening and you guys don't do long runs, you often do like single weekends, don't you? Mm-hmm. So that too where I'm like I see the pictures from the show. <laughs> like we had a great run, and I'm like, oh man, <laughs> you know. Like, um, so I, I do want to go one, but um, what what's been your favorite one you've done so far? Ooh, or have you want? But what's been the most enjoyable, or the most rewarding, or have you want to frame it? Most rewarding was to kill a mockingbird. Yeah, definitely. Because of the first experience, or because of the text, or both. The the context of everything, mm-hmm. kind of how the education of the community kind of coincided with that whole production yeah um it was big to pull in pull on a lot of uh actors from elwood to put that on and then you look at the history of elwood and all that kind of coming together yeah um yeah it was it was pretty meaningful um super meaningful the the most fun was probably um music man oh got to be in a barbershop quartet Hey, back to your old, <laughs> back to your old ways. Yeah. Um, music, yeah, that's fun. Um, very cool. Do you have a Do you have like a dream player musical? Like, if you could pick one, do you? Is there one that you're like, I wish we could do that someday? Uh, I'd be Mufasa and Lion King. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Perfect. That I love it. Um, yeah, and uh, I guess to kind of tie it up, uh, has it a has it a, have you seen it affecting your ministry at all? Like, did that, those kind of learning how to perform in that way affect your ministry at all? Yeah, it, it actually has. Um, I, I am not afraid to, if I'm making a point, to put emotion into it rather than just kind of reading it. Yeah, um, yeah. Especially if I'm able to prepare, like this Sunday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you have it? What do you, What do you? Do you guys go on a certain kind of? I know some churches will go on like a calendar of like this is the story or the passage that we're doing that we do this week every year or something like that. Oh, do you guys mm-hmm. kind of? You guys just as you're going, as kind of go. figure it out. What do you know? What you're gonna be preaching on this week? Uh, the salt and light. We're. Uh, Doing right now, we're in a series. I think a twelve-week series on the um, Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. um, and we just went over the, the the all the Beatitudes the last couple weeks, and then we're going on to the next part. It's a Salt and Light, um, and Roger is acting as a youth director right now, and they're leave on a leave on a mission trip at nine in the morning, which means you're I'm in charge. You're services, in charge. So. There you go. Yeah. Like, oh, of all the weeks. <laughs> do you have... Let's talk it out. What what kind of... Uh, do you have a direction you're seeing? Or do you see... That for this? Or are you... How do you, how do you, how do you write your sermons? Uh, I, well, first pray. Then I go mm-hmm. through to whatever scripture it is. Um, now, if it's something that's 
kind of scheduled like this. Um, I know exactly what scripture it is. I'll go through and I'll do uh, historical studies on it. Uh, because, you know, we can read the Bible right now as, you know, this is what it says in English. Okay, that's what it means. But that's not what the writers Yeah. Mean. You know, we're 2,000 years in you know, yeah. separation. Is that called, if I remember from living at a seminary, is that exegesis? Exegesis, yes. Yeah, look at me. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, no, because, yeah, my ex-wife went to seminary, so we lived at a, we lived, I lived at the seminary with her for three years. Mm-hmm. And so I got to be around a lot of this. So I know some of this. Um but uh, so you do some exegesis and some other work in that way, and then uh, yeah, what's your what's your the actual? But when it's time to put pen to, or fingers to keys, what's your? Um, yeah, do you just knock it out? Do you feel it, or do you are you a little more methodical than that? I'm kind of methodical based on what I find. Yeah, because uh, I might find uh, something. Uh, that I can think of an analogy for that we wouldn't relate to that scripture, but they would relate to, yeah, you know, yeah, and kind yeah. of bridge that yeah. gap. And how I'm able to do that depends on how that kind of dictates how other things go. Because the main the main thing is, yeah, you want to preach the word, but you also want to preach so that people understand or people get the point or um, are able to apply it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. Um, I now I'm thinking like I, I want to come. I'm gonna. I might come. Um, but I might. Are you guys doing in person? Are yes. you? It's in. Yeah, I figured it's back. In person um, and streaming. And streaming. Cool. Yeah, I feel like uh, one of the good things is it forced everyone to learn how to use technology in that yeah. way. And don't give it up now because it just doubles your options, right? It doubles mm-hmm. your reach. Or maybe even more. Yeah. I had a buddy who's a preacher uh, down in Dallas, and he said that their numbers were like off the charts because of people could from home, people from out of state. When he was preaching, mm-hmm. his family could watch, you know, like, and their numbers with COVID were like off the chart. Mm-hmm. Um, did you kind of find a similar, did you guys find a similar thing? Well, it was high, uh, but for a, a church in Elwood, you know, it's not no, no, sure. you know, breaking any records. But uh, but for you, for y'all, mm-hmm. for yeah, it's, it's nice because uh, Roger's um, Roger and Sue's families they were able to watch from like Florida. Yeah, and, and uh, I actually started. Uh, we're streaming on Twitch. I don't know if you're yeah, Twitch. yeah. A lot of people use that for gaming, I right? Believe. Yeah, but we stream uh, church service and we get viewers on Twitch. Interesting, <laughs> interesting. Streaming IRL, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, I, I like to end um, these conversations with um, a gratitude. I call it a gratitude moment, where okay. I just have one of the, as I've been dealing with my mental health and the grief of uh, losing my ex-wife and all that kind of stuff. Um, I've found it really important to uh, to kind of pepper the day with moments of gratitude and uh, that. So I invite, at the end of these conversations, invite the guests to just kind of share with me something they're grateful for today, and I'll share something as well. Oh, okay. Um, would you be okay with that? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Um, you want to go first or you want me to? Why don't you go first? Okay. Um, I'm just delighted to have been able to... I'm grateful that... Uh, I know people like you who will take, I know you were hesitant about doing this with me. I know that it took a while to get there and we did it and it's been great. And so I'm just, I'm so thankful when people 
have faith in me and will uh, will kind of lean into these weird projects that I do with me, um, like coming to my weird claw show behind a, uh, a makeup shop, like uh, being like being on this podcast. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, but yeah, what are you what are you grateful for today, Raphael Star? I'm I'm grateful for having the opportunity to just to meet people and experience different points of views and just get to know everything that's out there. And that's not just, just here, but just, of course. um, you know, it's one of the things I love about my job is I can just get out there yeah, and just know people yeah, and connect with people. And, um, I never thought that that would be something that I would enjoy very much. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm really thankful for it now. Yeah, it sounds like uh, both ministry and theater and just life in general has really opened you up. You might have been a little shyer. Were you a little shyer back yeah. in the day? A little, yeah. Because you even talked about some uh, nervousness about like doing this, even just with me. And But it's great to see how those experiences open you up, right? Um, yeah. You kind of have, they kind of have to open yeah, you up. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> you got to open up to the world. Well, Raphael, thank you for being here. Oh, absolutely. I'm uh, glad I can make it out. All right. One last piece of gratitude before we go. I want to say thanks again to our guests for being on the show, and thanks y'all for listening and hopefully sharing and following along. Um, and I also want to say thanks, as always, to Landon Caldwell, a.k.a. Creeping Pink, for letting us use his song, uh, Free Yourself, as the opening track. And to Derek Crownover for letting us use his piece, Float, as the cover image for the podcast. So thanks to everyone who has any part in this, who supports this, uh, and thank you for being here.